Welcome to What the Fox, Empowerment for Women. Hi, welcome to What the Fox, and today we are on with Amber Furman. And Amber is a Las Vegas attorney. She is a podcast owner herself with the More Than Corporate podcast. And she is also a coach where she helps with success development solutions. So um, welcome, Amber, and um, go ahead and tell us a little bit more. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here today. So as you mentioned, I'm an attorney in Las Vegas. I practice criminal defense and immigration, and I absolutely love what I do. Um, About four years into my career, I started to question like when everything was going to fall into place, right? Like when is my life going to be perfect? Cause that's what's supposed to happen after you put all this time and effort into school and, and education and building your career. And like that time never came. And so as like days went on and it was just like, is this my life? Is this really what I signed up for? And I really started struggling with what was next and whether I was fulfilled and what, was um, really going on in my life and what I had fought so hard for. And as I couldn't answer those questions, I started suffering from panic attacks and anxiety attacks and unable to work. And I was no longer able to compartmentalize the things that I was doing. So I um, started seeking some help. Um, Through that process, I remember sitting in my therapist's office telling her how freaking miserable I felt, how everybody kept telling me I was successful. You have the six-figure income. You're working for a high-profile criminal defense attorney. You're in court every day. You're respected. You're living in Las Vegas. And every time somebody would say something like that to me, I would just get upset because you can't possibly be talking about me. I'm not successful. I certainly don't feel it. And she looked at me and she said, well, Amber, what does success mean to you? And I thought, I don't know, nobody's ever asked me that question before. So I spent the next four years trying to figure it out, Um, dug into personal development, dug into neuro-linguistic programming, learned how the mind works, learned how the words that we say and the thoughts that we think impact our actions, and ended up becoming a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming, starting a podcast, as you mentioned, um, about my journey with struggling to find success and some of the resources that I found. And then eventually started my coaching business where I work as a success architect to help my clients define what success means to them, define everything in their life, build that perfect life that they want to have. And then when the time is right, I kind of give them that kick out of their comfort zone so that they can go live it. So between my law firm and my podcast and my coaching business, um, I keep myself pretty busy. So that kick into the out of the comfort zone. Oh my gosh, I'm like <laughs> I sit there and I cringe just in the thought of that. Um, because it really is it really does feel like that in some at times. And it isn't until you get out of that comfort zone that you're actually making strides and you're changing your life and you're actually moving forward into a different direction than what you've previously been in. Yeah, and it's awful and amazing at the same time. Um, you know, you, you can't understate the, or overstate, I'm sorry, you can't overstate the value of making sure that you're surrounded by people that can kind of keep you pushing forward because so many times we're so unhappy with what's going on in our life. We're so unhappy with where we're at right now 
but we know what that feels like. We don't know what the other side feels like. So what if we put ourselves out there and we still feel just as unhappy? What if we put ourselves out there and nothing changes? Like, or what if it's worse? So until that feeling that you feel when you're inside your comfort zone, until that unhappiness that you're feeling or that desire to change becomes more uncomfortable than the thought of what's waiting for you outside of your comfort zone, you just kind of sit there until either somebody gives you a push to tell you that it's okay or something so traumatic happens to you that you have to push forward. And so for me, that's what it was. Like I sat in that comfort zone and, and I really want to make this point because so many people look at my life and they say, what do you mean you sat in your comfort zone? You went off to law school, you moved to Las Vegas all on your own, but those things were comfortable to me. It was academic achievements. Academic achievements were where my comfort zone was at. It was all the other stuff that was uncomfortable to me. So I sat in my comfort zone until, um, you know, the, the panic attacks and the low point and the just complete misery hit me. And that's what pushed me out of my comfort zone. Everybody has that low point. It's just a matter of finding it. Yeah. And then just to remind people, um, fear and excitement give you that same feeling. So sometimes whenever you're excited about something, then all of a sudden you get that fear that kind of creeps in a little bit because you are going outside of your comfort zone, but that doesn't take away from the fact that you're excited too. And so it's when those fear and excitement comes together that you know you're actually leading in that direction that you should be going. Um, but it's really hard to, it's really easy to stay in the comfort zone. And like you said, the comfort zone can be different for various people and stuff. For me, comfort zone, like you said, and everything was very educational. Um, I work in higher education. I went to school for many years and stuff to um, get almost a doctorate degree. And I was all but the dissertation for the doctorate degree. And so higher education and being in the school systems and everything else and stuff is really easy for me. Um, talking to people and pushing myself outside of my people that I actually know has actually not been very easy for me. And I am an introvert, but I tell people I don't hold it against me. I don't let that stop me from being who I want to be and for running a business and for being successful. And so it's pushing yourself outside of that comfort zone in order to be able to do the things that you want to do. So if you've got a dream and you've got an idea um, that you want to actually have happen, you're not going to get there if you don't actually get out of your comfort zone, because usually your dreams are going to be pushing you beyond where you're normally going to be okay. And if they're not, your dreams aren't big enough. So, I mean, if you're sitting there going, my dreams don't push me out of your comfort zone, my comfort zone, then your dreams are too small and you need to fix that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I sit there and I think about it and every time I say, you know, hey, if you want your dreams to become a reality, you know, you can work with me. And lately I've been having lots of weird dreams and stuff and I'm like, I'm not so sure that I want them to become reality. <laughs> But it's the dreams that you actually do dream. It's the ones of, you know, I want to stay at home with my kids. I want to be able to, you know, work from home. I want to be able to go on vacations every year and not have to pinch pennies in order to be able to do that. Um, I want to be able to be a success. And like you said, 
being a success can be so many different things to so many different people. So defining what that means to you, if you say, I want to be a success, what does that mean to you? And so having those things and stuff in place to where you know when you've hit those goals and you know when those dreams have become reality and then you can move to the next level and you can move to the bigger dreams. Yeah, absolutely. One of the favorite things I ever heard was somebody at a conference said, um, dreams are just thoughts asking for permission to live. And so many times we just shove those down and refuse to honor them. Um, but the idea of, you know, so many people, I feel like they go through life thinking that they don't really have a choice about a lot of things. They think that happiness and success and fulfillment, they look a certain way based upon what they've been told. And, you know, normally that question of what does success mean to you doesn't get asked early enough. And if it did, we probably wouldn't listen anyways, because we all know what it feels like to be that stupid teenager who knows everything and isn't going to listen to a word that anybody else says, right? So if I was in high school and somebody said to me, what does success mean to you? Or dig into personal development. Let's talk about this. Like, what do you mean success? What does success mean to me? It means a six figure income and like a boat and a car and like all this stuff, right? But then time goes on and you realize that that's really not what success truly means to you. And it's so interesting that almost everybody that I talk to has to go through that, that ups and downs of success being money. And what, what's interesting is that when somebody says success means, and it's a material thing after that, it gets really interesting to ask them why they want that. Like, what is the emotion behind the money or the car or the, the, recognition because normally it comes down to feeling respected feeling um like you have made an impact in the world you know the the money and things the material things are just the external projection of what success means but so many times we don't dig deep enough to find out what the underlying motivation for wanting those things is yeah it's funny my mom um i have a convertible and I wanted a convertible. I've wanted a convertible since I was in high school. And so we got a convertible and it is a less than $10,000 car. So I didn't exactly go overboard on, oh my gosh, I need a convertible. Um, but I have my convertible. And the reason I wanted it is because I love being outside. I love the sun. I love seeing the blue sky, the clouds, everything. And it is just, it takes me to another world, even though I'm in the same world, in order to be able to have this. And then I had my mom in the car with me. And these construction people are like, ooh, nice car, ooh, nice car. And she goes, don't you love that attention? I go, what attention? And I'm like, I didn't get this convertible for the attention. I didn't get it because people might turn and look at me a certain way. And there is no prestige to me having this convertible. Although most people do see the convertible and stuff as prestige because every time I turn around then somebody's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. But I'm just, I wanted it because I wanted the sun. I wanted the light and everything and stuff. And so it was my dream come true to be able to have this so that I actually get to be outside while I'm driving around. And if I have an hour drive to work and an hour and 15 minute drive home, it really does help to have that to where you're in a happy place at the same time. Yeah, understanding those motives is so important, especially if you're working with clients in any capacity. Yeah, so 
with the um, success development solutions and stuff and trying to actually help people with that, um, I would imagine diving into their why that they actually are doing things. Um, I've talked to on the podcast before and stuff that it's not just a matter of asking yourself, why are you doing something? But it's why does that matter? And why does that matter? And really getting deeper into where does it actually come from? And like you said, establishing that emotion behind things so that um, you understand, like your body will want you to do it more because you've got the emotion behind it. Your mind will want you to do it more because you've got the emotion behind it. Yeah. So, you know, you dig into the why, but so often the why changes, right? So I feel like we talk about the why and it's like this big, um, powerful statement that's like your rock and it never changes. And that's just not true. It absolutely changes as we evolve. So understanding your why is so important, but also understanding that it changes is super important. And understanding how your why relates to other people. Um, Simon Sinek has an amazing TED Talk that start with why. And he, the TED Talk is, is directed towards businesses, but it obviously applies to anybody. And he talks about how we should be asking ourselves, why do I get out of bed in the morning and why should anyone care? Like, what is my purpose for owning my business? What is my purpose for running that? And why should anybody else want to be involved? Um, but so many times we get stuck on that and then we think, okay, this is my why. And then we work through our limiting beliefs and we work through the fact that we don't think we can have certain things because of beliefs that have been created in our life. And as we work through those, sometimes our why changes. And so checking back in with that on a constant basis is so important. And then on, this, on the other side of that, there's actually a huge difference. And I talk to people about this all the time because I feel like it's a trap that people get into. Your why, as far as like, what is my purpose? What is my why? What is my reason for getting up is different than why something happens. So, so many times we're getting through an event, we're trying to figure out what um, the purpose was for an event in our life. And we're like, man, why did that happen to me? And so many people go down that road and there's nothing good in that why. There's nothing good that comes out of trying to figure out why an event happened because we just get stuck in the, the pain and the hurt and the emotion and we can't get past that. And the more we sit in that, the more power that story has over our lives. So I really, really, when people talk about their why, like to distinguish the fact between your underlying why, your purpose, your reason for getting up in the morning, and asking yourself why events happened and exist. That second option should be left as far away from you as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. The, um, I, I try to not ask why things happen to me <laughs> because, I mean, it's, there's life and it's positive and negative and it's, things are going to happen. And it really, it's probably way beyond our understanding and stuff as far as why things certain, certain things happen. Um, but knowing and having something that drives you and I agree rechecking and stuff ever so often to see, 
you know, is that still the reason I want to do something? And really it's, do I even still want to be doing that thing? Because it is okay to change your mind and it is okay to go in a different direction. And your goals are only your goals as long as they're your goals. And if your dreams change, if life changes something and stuff, I mean, I've been through two divorces. Neither one of them did I plan on, but that didn't mean that I <laughs> decided that, okay, well, since I've been through a divorce, now I got to change my goals or now I've got to change my dreams. But at the same time, it, things did change. I mean, I had to change houses. I had to change and become a single mom and, you know, things just kind of evolved and stuff a long time. Well, my why changed at that point because I was no longer doing it so I could spend time with my husband because there was no husband. Um, and I was no longer doing it because I wanted to provide necessarily for the family so we could go on these, you know, big travel things. Now it was provide for the family so we could live one day at a time until we could actually build up a little bit more. Um, so it definitely, things can change. And if you have like life events that happen, make sure that you're still going in the direction that you want to go and don't just assume that that's still the direction that you want to be because a lot can happen especially with some of those major life events that can kind of put things into perspective for you yeah one of the most frustrating phrases and and i've been guilty of this i mean i've i lost my dad at 19 and i sat in why with that for probably 10 years. Um, so, I mean, I've definitely been guilty of it. Things happen and they suck. Um, but one of my most frustrating phrases is when people would look at me after my dad passed away and be like, everything happens for a reason. It very well may, but does not matter? Like, does it matter why this happened? Because I can't change it. Um, so like there, there's no answer to that question that satisfies it. What I heard once that immediately changed the way I think about events is when somebody said, because um, because I've heard, you know, what's the purpose of this? Um, I don't really like to ask that question either. Like if we're going to stick with the loss, like what's the purpose of losing a family member? Like I don't want to get into that conversation. It's just going to piss me off. Um, but the better question is what is this experience preparing you for? Forget the why and ask okay, what is this experience preparing me for? Now, I do want to give a caveat of, you know, doing a check and seeing if, you know, there's something that you could have done differently to prevent that, that situation. So let's say you lose your job. You know, going back and saying, okay, was there something that I did that contributed to this result? And if so, how can I take responsibility for that? But then also, you know, following up with the, well, what is this experience preparing me for? What am I supposed to learn from it? What am I supposed to do with it? What gifts is it giving me that I'm supposed to be able to share with the world because of what I've learned from going through this? And that's a much more powerful question. Yeah, I've heard the, what, what can I learn from this experience and stuff um, has definitely kind of changed the way that people view failure in general um, or events that happen to you that you really don't know what the reason might be. Um, go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. Um, so just kind of as a closing remark and everything um, for the listeners, what would you like to leave the listeners with? We'll have all of your um, information in the 
description of the podcast so that they can reach out to you if they would like to be able to work with you or talk with you more. Um, but just kind of as final thoughts. Yeah. So probably the biggest thing that I want people to know is that you get to define what your life looks like. And too many times we avoid having this conversation. Not only do you get to decide what success means to you, but you get to decide what your relationships look like and you get to decide what, you know, your spirituality feels like, and you get to decide what this well-rounded life looks like to you and taking the time to really sit down and build out your perfect life to sit down and say, okay, what does my perfect life look like so that I can now take action steps to create it? So many times we just go after accomplishment, after accomplishment, after accomplishment, and we end up doing amazing things and climbing amazing mountains, but they're not the mountains that we were supposed to climb because we didn't step back and ask ourselves what our perfect life looks like. How do you expect to live the life of your dreams if you don't know what that is? So my biggest piece of advice to people is to take the time to define what your life looks like. What does your ideal life look like? And then you can start taking steps to actually achieve it, but you have to know where you're going first. I completely agree. <laughs> so, well, thank you, Amber, for being on today. I really appreciate it. Um, and we look forward to hearing from you maybe another time. Oh, I was muted. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right.